This is the Support Ops Podcast, a show devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back into the world of customer support. My name's Chase. I'm the guy behind supportops.co. This is episode number five, and I've got an actually great guest on the show this time, hailing as the the fearless leader of the uh, Squarespace support team, Krista Collins is here with me. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, cool. So let's just kind of dive right in. Um, You're from Squarespace. So how long have you been over there uh, supporting their customers? Yeah, so um, I've actually been with Squarespace for um, coming up on six years now. So next month will be my six-year anniversary. Holy crap, that's a long time with one company. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It is. It is a long time. I think uh, the third third employee hired. Awesome. You know, it's especially a long time when it comes to online companies because a lot of us tend to show up on the radar and then just kind of disappear. Um, you might have seen Living Socials laying off quite a chunk of their their team, not only support, but all the way up into uh, management and that kind of thing. So being with the same company for six years is, is nice. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's, uh, it's home. So <laughs> so did you uh, do any customer interaction, support service, anything like that before you joined Squarespace? Or was that kind of your first interaction with, uh, with that direct customer contact there? So I've actually done um, retail management for several years before I came on board with, with Squarespace. And um, actually, I worked at Nordstrom. So I got a lot of my customer service training, so to speak, there. Um, you know, that company just renowned for the way they treat their customers. And I, I feel like that was instrumental in, um, in helping shape the way we handle customer service here. Yeah, you know, Nordstrom is one of those that we kind of hold up and say, this is the... Uh, maybe the pinnacle, at least up there in the top five, ten uh, of, the, of the most outstanding customer-oriented kind of companies out there. Um, you know, they're famous for their, their, their little manual guidebook, whatever, that basically just says, you know, do whatever it takes to, to make the customer happy. and Absolutely. And that kind of thing. So being from Nordstrom, you have to have a funny story, right? So, so what's like the funniest story you've had with a customer way back then? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, you know, I worked in, in the men's shoe department and there's not, uh, you know, it's not a very dramatic department as, as you can, as you can imagine. What? No, Nordstrom and the men's men's shoe department has to be exciting. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was actually, it was fairly straightforward. I think, you know, what we got a lot were, um, cranky, cranky, uh, old, older gentlemen, uh, that were sort of just very, uh, very particular about their footwear. Um, so I don't have, you know, any one story I think to share, but, um, it was actually, I, I loved working in men's shoes. Uh, it was like, Hey, I need some dress shoes. They have to be Brown. Awesome. Here are some Brown dress <laughs> shoes done, you know? So that, so that was, that was great. That is exactly how I go in and pick up my shoes. Right, right. absolutely. I was actually, you know, it was. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about footwear. I learned a lot about um, how to fit a shoe and, and different styles of shoes. And I only mentioned that because, you know, it really taught me that being uh, doing your job and giving excellent service to a customer isn't just about being nice all the time. It's about being informed and knowledgeable and understanding the product that you're selling. Yeah, that's one of those experiences that I don't get when I go into the local Walmart and just buy a pair of shoes. I I (laughs) put it on, and if it feels right, then that's how it is. But supposedly, I've heard that there's a lot more science and stuff that goes into the proper fitting shoe there. 
Uh, yeah, so you know, you use a Brannock device, and you have to you get sized, um, and you know, you get to try on different styles of shoes that have different lasts and different um, uh, the way they fit on your instep. And uh, there's there's a whole science behind it, and it was it was very fascinating. It was it was a pretty good time. Well, awesome. So that's with Nordstrom. Then you left you left there and went to Squarespace, or was there some some companies in between or anything like that? Yeah, so I mean, I did retail management at Gap as well, um, and Gap. Then I, all right, I worked at yeah. uh, Old Navy for a while, which is a oh, sister right. company of Gap, yep, kind of sort of same umbrella. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so that was really that was really fun. Um, I did that for a short time, and then I actually did a, a complete transition. I, I became a legal secretary, uh, so I worked for our workers' compensation defense law firm, um, and I did that for several years, and then. Uh, I actually, we relocated. So I was living in Southern California and doing my thing. And um, it was sort of when the, the housing market was was a little bit outrageous. Um, and my dream was to own my own home. So what we did was relo- relocated to West Virginia um, so we can sort of fulfill my dream of having a house there. And it was during that transition that um, one of my good friends that I knew online, she sort of reached out and said, hey, look, I know you just moved. Um, I'm working for this company uh, doing some template design stuff, and um, we could really use a support person. Would you be interested? And I was like, dude, what? I can work in my pajamas? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> The best uh, part of the job right there. Heck, heck yes. I was like, <laughs> sign me up. I'm there. So awesome, which, which gives us a good lead into, you know, you work for Squarespace. You, uh, you're the customer support lead over there. Um, you know, how big is your support team? So uh, right now we just clocked the 36th person. So we just 36, 36. Yes. So That's huge. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously not huge compared to like AT&T or Verizon or something like that. But in the world of of customer support done right among the the online companies that that I generally talk to, 36 is a big number. So yeah, yeah. So we... This time, this time last year, we had about 16. So we've grown, you know, just in the year, 20 new people brought on board. Um, we've watched our, the ticket queue just explode uh, from about, you know, 4,500 tickets a week. Now we're doing about 10,000 tickets a week. Um, and, and we're also offering support in a, in a variety of different ways. So, you know, obviously we need more, more people, more quality people, more um, customer service oriented people to fill all these different roles. And, um, and I mean, we're not, we're not done growing by a long shot. So with, with 36 people, is it kind of everyone is like a flat level playing field or is everybody handling tickets and pooling as they can? Or is it more of like a different tiered where you might have more senior support people handling tougher cases and, and that kind of thing? How, how do you set that up as far as you've got 10,000 tickets to answer a week and, and they're pouring in? How do you kind of sort the, sort through them? Right. So, um, you know, we have, uh, different subgroups within the department. So we have people, everyone, everyone answers tickets in the main queue. Everyone does this. Um, they also sort of specialize, right? So we have like an advanced testing group. And I, I suppose you would think of that as like level two mm-hmm. uh, su- support. Um, and those are the tickets that uh, as you're working the main queue, uh, you can reproduce a bug or an issue or a problem. Then you would kick that over to our advanced testing group so, so they can verify, uh, you know, send that over to engineering, uh, create the JIRA ticket, et cetera. So that's sort of their focus. 
service. Uh, we also have like a billing group. So they specialize in billing issues, billing problems, billing questions, refunds, things like that. Um, we also have a knowledge base group and we have one person who sort of heads up that group, Will Herbert, and he is in charge of checking out all guides, making sure everything is updated, adding new screenshots, et cetera, et cetera. And he also assigns those tasks out to other people in support. It's really important that everyone contributes to those guides. It's the best way to learn the product, right, is to write a guide about this particular feature. So he handles that group. And then we also have live chat. Um, and we've got several people that contribute to the live chat. We offer live chat Monday through Friday uh, during normal business hours. So we've got about, I think, 10 people that are in that group as well. Also, again, doing tickets. And then finally, we do workshops. Um, so those are like live uh basically classes where we're walking you through from start to finish how to perform a particular function on your side or set up your side or creating a business website, things like that. And then um, we have people that answer questions while the workshop is being presented. So lots of different subgroups. And we don't require anyone, you know, join a subgroup. Um, we just wait till they're interested. Um, you know, they sort of self-select into different categories of, of groups. And we find that, you know, it's not just tickets. It's also doing all of these myriad other tasks. It keeps the job interesting. It keeps it fresh and fun and, um, you know, not such a, a drudgery of just answering email after email. That's awesome. Uh, that, you know, that's one of the things that we're learning too. Our, our support team at 37 Signals is, is pretty small. Um, there's just eight of us we hired on two more recently. And we kind of do the same thing. We, I like your phrase there, self-select. You know, we, right. we kind of gravitate toward different areas like Marissa and myself are, are more geared toward the the live classes and, and, and that kind of thing. And then, uh, and does a, a great job of, of helping work with the help pages and the knowledge base and that kind of thing. So it's cool to see that, you know, we're not just kind of making this up as we go. It, it's kind of natural. I mean, did you right. look to anybody else and say, this is the model we're going to kind of mimic or did it just kind of flow out as, as you got bigger and you kind of figured it out? It's so funny that you said make this up as you go along. I felt like we have sort of made this up as we go along. Uh, you know, recently I've started to sort of branch out to talk to other support folks. And, uh, you know, it seems to be pretty um, pretty standard, uh, some of the things that we're doing. So I feel like, okay, great. Well, we're not, we're not just out there being completely ridiculous. Like we actually are doing something similar to other groups. Um, so, you know, no, we didn't really model this after anyone. Uh, it's just sort of grown very, very organically. The whole thing has grown very organically from how many we hire to, you know, creating these different groups. Um, it, our support team looks a lot differently today than it did a year ago. And I'm sure in, in a year from now, it'll look, you know, different from today. Yeah. I mean, you, you added 20 people right. <laughs> in the last year. So if you just keep growing like that, that, which is awesome, you know, it's really great that the company's growing, that they put a, a priority on support. So they want to have a, a, a good support team. And that means growing it. So when you bring in that new person, um, is there, is there, you know, I hate the phrase onboarding because it's such a horrible, horrible word. Um, it, do you have some kind of set class that they go through set structured training that they go through, or is it more, you pull them in and they just kind of start answering cases and they kind of naturally grow from there, maybe working with a mentor or two, that kind of thing. So, so I guess the question really at the end is when you hire the new person, what's their training like? Where do they go from, from that hiring point forward? Right. So we have, um, we have actually pretty 
I wouldn't say rigorous. It's not that. It's just a, it's a very intense, I guess, two-week training process. And the reason for that is that it's sort of scary, um, you know, trying to figure all this stuff out. You're looking at the ticketing platform. You're looking at, we have two different products now that we support. You have to know all of our internal resources. You have to know this chat program, where it's the schedule, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of stuff. And the very last thing I want to do is freak someone out on their first day. Um, so what we found is two weeks generally is what we do uh, four hours a day, five days a week. Um, so it's basically like a shift and you have someone, you have a trainer that you sit with and you're actually opening a live case. You're, um, go ahead, you, you go ahead and put in the reply that you feel is appropriate or you feel answers our question and then you assign it so it can be reviewed. And that's important so that we make sure that we're always 100% accurate. We're giving the best information possible, but also gives you a chance to sort of ask questions like, Hey, I'm not sure what the answer is here. Uh, where would I go to find the answer? Um, so you learn as you go. It's very important. It's one of those things where I can teach you how to answer a ticket. I can teach you how to troubleshoot a ticket. I can teach you where to find the answers. I just, I can't teach you how to have great customer service. That's something that you either have or you, or you don't have. So, um, you know, we pick the good people and then we take the time to teach them all the little nitty gritty things that they'll need to know. That's awesome. It's, it's such a big relief because, you know, we're, we're training up two new people too, and we're kind of following the same process. So like you said, it's nice to know we're not crazy and just making it up right. <laughs> entirely. So, you know, Squarespace is, is headquartered up in New York, right? Right. Right. Uh, you're in, you mentioned West Virginia, but I feel like, are you still in West Virginia? Yeah, no. So actually, uh, it was about, I think 18 months ago, we relocated so that we're all here now in the city. Okay. Uh, so our support team, the way it was structured originally, obviously I was, it was just me. Hi, it was just me by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, we grew the team just by finding, um, you know, evangelists and advocates of the product, which, you know, wherever they were located is where they were located. And over time we realized that, um, you know, while it was easy to communicate, um, everyone being spread up apart like that, it was hard for us to really talk to the rest of the company. And it became more and more crucial that everyone be here in New York City, which has turned out to be a really great thing because now we can, you know, just tap an engineer on the shoulder and ask them a question versus sending an email that, you know, they may or may not respond to. Um, so yeah, about 18 months ago, we all came here and now we're recruiting um, new hires here in, in this area. Well, that's awesome because, uh, you know, a lot of times, Companies either either tend to go one of two ways. They they go completely remote and everyone's scattered around and which is, is great, or they go the other way and everyone's in one location, which is great. And and some kind of find this middle ground. And it's it's like you mentioned, with support, it's easy to do when you're scattered around. It it's kind of, you know, if you want to wake up and, and check your cases online and, and sit around in your pajamas, that's that's fine. It's easy. Uh, one of the perks of the job, that kind of thing. But sometimes it's important to be in the same space. Sometimes it's it's nice to be able to, like you said, tap that engineer and be like, Hey, what's up with this? Right, right, exactly. The other thing is too, I think um, you know, when you're working remotely, even today here when, you know, they're in the city and they and they and they're working from home, it can be very difficult to feel like you're part of something greater than yourself. It's so easy to sort of hide, you know, with your computer screen and forget that there's a bigger picture here. So um, I do like to have the team come in at least once a week and just say, don't forget, we're all here. We're all here together. And there's this huge group of people. We're all working for the same goals. So it's nice that, you know, other departments interact with us. And then also we interact with other departments and each other. That's important. So with, with having everybody there in New York, um, it, with your support, do you have like official business hours? I know you mentioned that earlier. 
do you have like a, a nine to five, nine to six or whatever, or do you kind of provide support in other time zones? Like how does that kind of work with having everyone in the same, same city? So we do have 24-7 support, um, 365 days a year. And unfortunately, what that means is that, you know, there are some people that have to work those swing shifts, those overnights. And, you know, there are people that absolutely love those shifts. They just really work for their schedules. Um, and there are some people that are, you know, okay, I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'll, I don't have a choice. You know, I, I, I'm new. You know, I got to put in my time. Um, but ultimately, we, I never want anyone to be miserable. I never want anyone to hate uh, their their shift. So we generally fill the shifts on an as-needed basis and sort of rotate people around when possible so that, um, you know, they can work more daytime hours and actually come into the office. They, um, you know, they're welcome to come into the office anytime to work a shift. Obviously, at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, probably not many people will be here. So... Yeah, New York at 10 o'clock one night in the office would probably not be fun. No, I, I wouldn't think so. So they, they mostly choose to work from home. But um, but like I said, anytime I can encourage them to come into the office and interact with each other, it's it's really great. They have such an amazing chemistry with each other. It's like this really big family. I love having everyone here. I love us joking around and um, interacting with each other in person. Um, so anytime they can come in, it's just it's great for me. So do you have any, any type of like company meetups where everybody gets together at a certain time or do you do like support team meetings on a weekly basis or anything like that? Or is there any like big, everybody needs to come in for this thing or, or is it kind of, we encourage you to come in the office, but if you want to stay at home, that's fine. We just, we'd like to see you occasionally, that kind of thing. Right. So it's, I think it's a little bit of both. We have lots of company outings. Um, the company itself really uh, sort of fosters this environment of, of socializing, um, not just at work, but outside of work so we can get to know each other as people. So that's really, really great. Um, we, we do have a support meeting every week and um, it's mandatory that they attend the meeting. Now, whether they come in or not is sort of up to them, um, but we all have to get together once a week um, as a role and make sure that we're all on the same page, make sure that we're all understanding the direction of the product and we know what's coming down the pipe. So um, that's generally the day that everyone comes in, whether they, um, you know, they're on shift or not, just because it, it is, it's awesome. It's awesome to see, you know, 30 people uh, in the same room at the same time, 30 of your friends, you know, all these people that do what you do all day long. And uh, this office, I got to tell you, Squarespace really takes care of us. They've got great <laughs> lunch. They've got great snacks. So it's, it's not like it's a terrible thing. Yeah, it's one of those where great snacks did prob- probably didn't come with your Nordstrom paycheck. paycheck That's anyway, so. true. Very true. You know, you mentioned there that, um, or and I might have completely read it, heard it wrong. Anything, so if I'm wrong, correct me. But you you talked about how you you have the team meeting, and some people come in and some people don't. How do the people that don't come in actually attend the meeting? They um, we have a, a conference line, so they'll call okay. in, and then we also have um, we use HipChat for chatting um, on shift anyway. So we just have a, a room, a hip chat room for our support meetings. So we'll, they'll follow along there and, and um, ask questions there. Um, or um, like if, if we're reviewing a case together, uh, we'll put the link in chat so they can follow along on their machine at home. Um, so you don't physically have to be there um, to get the full benefit of the meeting. But like I said, uh, most people do choose to come in, which, which I frankly really love. Awesome. And you, you mentioned the uh, review in the case. So do you do, do you typically do kind of as a group reviewing cases or ones that pop up and, and that kind of thing? Like how do you, how do you pick a case to talk about as a group? 
Yeah, sure. So uh, it could be a variety of different things. It could be something that I just witnessed in the queue. It could be something that we got feedback from a customer. It could be like a tweet. Um, you know, it could be a variety of different ways that, that a case is brought to our attention, whether good or not so gross, not so good. Um, so what I think is important is that we review these cases together to learn either what we did right or what we could do better next time. Um, I, I used to sort of shy away from that method. I, it always made me a little bit uncomfortable to sort of call people out or, um, uh, I guess, I, I, don't, I don't like the negative reinforcement. I prefer positive reinforcement. But what I found is that, um, you know, it makes people very, very aware of what they're saying in a case or what they're saying to a customer. It makes them um, reevaluate a reply before sending it. And I feel like it's helpful because it's always a learning experience. And I think it's also important the way you present it, right? So you're not saying, hey, this is terrible. This is what we don't do. You sort of say, what, what can we learn from this experience? What could we have done differently? We have an opportunity here for next time to, you know, really impress a customer versus disappointing them. So, um, so that's the method that we've used. Um, we also do, um, sort of picks uh, like a, a topic for the meeting and walk them through, walk the support team through a skill, whether it be how do you check your numbers, um, to see, you know, how well you're performing or how do you, um, create a ticket in JIRA or how do you log in, you know, via VPN. So just to make sure that, that everyone has the same skill set and, it, you know, with 36 people, sometimes meetings can run really long. So we want to <laughs> keep it really focused and make sure that they're getting something out of it. That's awesome. It's again, you know, we, we do the same thing. We, we, don't have 36 people reviewing a case, but we'll often share cases and what does work, what doesn't work, what a customer liked and what they didn't like and, and that kind of thing. So again, you know, that's the reason I love doing these interviews and talking to other people. It's just so we know that we're not out there on our own doing exactly. things that we, we think that are right, you know? Right, exactly. Um, but I get, you know, it's, it's one of those where I, I've talked to a lot of people in support and you're one of the ones with the biggest teams at, at 36. So how do you... What's the biggest challenge, really, that you face with a, a team that big? Well, one of the things that I found that that I personally, you know, I, I consider my job, I support my support team. That's really what I feel like I'm here to do. Um, my biggest challenge and, that I'm constantly struggling with is just making sure that I have a personal connection with each and every one of my employees, uh, talking to them, sitting down with them, making sure that they understand how invested I am in them, how invested Squarespace is in them. Uh, again, like I said, when you work at home, you can feel really disconnected and it, it can be discouraging. So I, I find that with 36 people, I'm constantly checking in and constantly checking in. Hey, how are you doing? How are things going? What do you need? What can I do for you? Um, you know, it's, it's gotten a little bit better now. I've got some supervisors on my team that are just absolutely amazing. And so I can make sure that they're also checking in and, um, every team member feels like they have a person they can go to, they can talk to that, um, you know, they can, they can voice concerns or address concerns. So, um, anyway. Cool. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's a lot of the, the people that I talk to don't have and I'm not saying that you have the official leader role um, or, or that kind of thing, but a lot of them are, you know, I, I'm right there. Maybe first among equals is a good way to put it. Like with us, we don't have an official like customer support lead. It's it's definitely um, kind of flat playing field and, and, and we kind of go from there. So seeing you being hands-on with the rest of the team and, and actually 
for lack of a better phrase, caring, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> such a, such a novel concept that right. people in customer support evidently don't get sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's nice. Oh, well, thank you. I, um, I, I have to say, I love, I love our support team. I truly do. These people, uh, you know, they're the, they're the face, their voice of our company. They talk to our customers, they create these relationships and, um, sometimes it can be a thankless job and, you know, sometimes it can be really hard. And, uh, the very last thing I would ever want them to feel is that they're not appreciated. So if, if at the end of the day, they know that they're cared about, then I've done my job. That's probably the best line I've heard so far. Oh, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, like I promised, I, I didn't want this interview to take up all of your, your evening and that kind of thing. I know you put in a long day um, at Squarespace. So last question, what's the best customer support, the best customer service experience that you've ever gotten, be it online or, or you went into to a local store or anything like that? Just the best customer experience you've had where you were on the receiving end, you were the customer in the case. So this is a great question. It's funny because this is one of my interview questions that I ask people. But um, uh, so it actually happened very recently. Um, you know, we we experienced Hurricane Sandy out here, and um, mm-hmm. one of the things that was really difficult was uh, just no, absolutely no cell service whatsoever. Understandably, no cell service, but it was difficult for me. I couldn't uh, get in touch with my my work people. I couldn't get in touch with my family. I couldn't let anyone know that I was okay. And, um, you know, someone had mentioned to me that, um, I should call AT&T and just let them know that, you know, because I didn't have service for those few days, I should get a credit on my bill. And I thought that sounds reasonable. I think uh, I'll go ahead and just ask for a couple of days credit on my bill. Um, so I did, I called in and I spoke to this really, really, really nice woman. And, um, she said, you were in the hurricane. And I said, well, yes. And she said, are you okay? Genuinely ask me, are, are you okay? Is your family okay? Wow. Which first, right. So I was like, what? Oh yeah. Yes. Thank you. We are actually <laughs> are okay. Thank you very much for asking. She asked me some questions about, you know, how that was the damage in our neighborhood, things like that. So first of all, just thank you so much for caring about me as a person. That was amazing. Um, so we talked a little bit. I explained the situation. She said, of course, of course, absolutely. Um, so she's, she's sort of trying to figure out this formula. How are we going to calculate the amount of this credit? And I said, you know, really, whatever works. I, it, does, it doesn't matter to me that, that much. I just, you know. Um, so she said, well, hold on one second. So she goes away for a few minutes and she comes back. She says, I'm sorry about that. She said, um, so here's what I'm going to do. She said, um, you know, we weren't there. We weren't affected by this hurricane. I understand how devastating it was um, for a lot of people and, and you know, the holidays are coming. And, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a $200 credit on your account. Wow. Right. So now let me say, it's not about the amount of the money. It's that this woman who hasn't, she doesn't know me at all, is taking the time out to think about what you know, what we must have gone through, what my family must have gone through, just truly deeply caring about me as a person. I, I, I'll admit, I gotta say, I got a little misty eyed. I was like, this is, this is absolutely incredible. Um, she gave me chills, goosebumps. Like you made my day woman. Like this is, 
This is what I hope that I make my customers feel like. So thank you so much uh, for that. I said that's just incredibly generous and, and really thoughtful. So I, I went on Twitter and, and I called out Deborah Allen from AT&T for her amazing customer service. And, and I asked them to please, please give her a hug from me. She is, a, she is that kind of caring is what we should all aspire to. See, and there's a huge shout out to Deborah AT&T, which, you know, down here where I am, um, I'm an AT&T customer too. And a lot of people down here just absolutely hate them. They, they right. have horrible experiences with them and that kind of thing. And I, I've never been in that situation. Every experience I've had with AT&T has always been fantastic. They've right. always been on top of things. It's, it's always Verizon that I've had the problems with. Right. Agreed. Which everyone kind of flocks to. So again, I'm it's it's good to know that I'm not alone. <laughs> right. I I gotta tell you, every time I've called AT and T, uh, they've been very quick to answer my call. They've been quick to help me figure out what I needed, walk me through my plan, my pricing plan. So I've always appreciated it. But that that woman, man, she just absolutely cared about me in a way that I haven't experienced with any other company in a very long time. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And with that, we'll add this one to the books. You can find Krista on Twitter, where she's at Daphne, or you can find her on her website. It's DaphneBlue.net. A special thanks to Chase Livingston for producing this episode. You might remember him from our first guest interview on this podcast. Turns out he's pretty awesome with some audio, so I went ahead and added them to our team as our new podcast producer. So thanks for that, Chase. As always, let me know what you thought of this episode and what you think about Support Ops in general. You can hit me up on Twitter. We're at Support Ops there. Or shoot me an email. Just head over to supportops.co. Click on the top contact links in the top bar right there, and you'll get right in touch with me. I'm Chase. I'll see you again next time. 